What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of Forever News! The only news source that provides anything and everything anime and manga related. We don't bore you. We get into it. Let's do it. Quickly, people, if you would hit that subscribe button and hit that bell to get notified, we drop new episodes of Forever News every Saturday, 12 p.m. EST. And throughout the week, we re-upload those segments for your viewing pleasure. I'd appreciate you hit them buttons, and let's jump into the news. First story on the docket. Now, we got a lot to talk about in this episode, but in particular, this story, very important. It's been an ongoing story since roughly end of 2018, early 2019 for certain regarding the voice actor of or former a voice actor now at this point of Broly from Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Super, all of that stuff. And yeah, in case you haven't heard all of the stuff over the last couple of years, essentially the voice of Broly was accused of some inappropriate stuff. He was fired from Funimation. He sued Funimation. And over the last few years, he's pretty much been taking L's. Pretty much he's been having to resort to appeals because he's been taking L after L. And it got to the point where with the last update, I thought it was over with. I thought it was done because I believe his case was completely dismissed against Funimation, uh, some of the voice actors over there and whatnot. I thought it was just done. But apparently, yeah, Vic Mignogna, he's not done yet. There's still more. He's still fighting and he's taking it all the way to the Supreme Court. Let's take a read, see what's going on. Vic Mignogna petitions Supreme Court of Texas to review his lawsuit. Voice actor Vic Mignogna and his lawyers filed a petition on November 14th with the Supreme Court of Texas to review the decision in Mignogna's defamation lawsuit against Funimation, voice actresses Jamie Markey and Monica Rial, and Rial's fiancé, Ron Toye. Although the Tarrant County District Court and the Texas Second Court of Appeals have ruled against Mignogna, the voice actors and his lawyers argue the Court of Appeals upended numerous elements of established Texas law and in its ruling. Mignana and his lawyers argue that the previous court rulings disregarded the rule that Rule 11 agreements, which let lawyers and parties to any lawsuit enter into a written agreement on any subject matter of the lawsuit, are interpreted and treated as contracts, and that unambiguous contracts may not be rewritten by courts. In addition, the petition claims that the court excluded Mignana's second amended petition because it was filed in violation of the rewritten Rule 11 agreement. The petition claims that the courts have also made errors regarding the following points, determining that Mignana is a public figure with insufficient evidence, holding that a party can be involuntarily converted into a limited purpose public figure by defending himself against defamatory statements, dismissing Mignana's defamation claims and ignoring testimony when the appeals court reversed and remanded the trial's court's award of $100,000 to Rial and Toei's attorneys. Funimation, Markey, Rial, and Toei all waived the filing of a response to the petition but stated that they will file a response if the court requests one and yeah it seems like mignana has been at this for a while with appealing in august the texas court of appeals upheld the tarrant county district's court's november 2019 judgment against mignana regarding the lawsuit so yeah just this august alone they basically shot him down about a appeal from november of 2019 that was a long time ago the court however also determined the attorney's fee amount initially awarded to rial and toe was less than what was supported by factually sufficient 
evidence. Therefore, the appeals court ordered the Tarrant County District Court to redetermine the awards that Minyana must pay Real and Toei for their attorney fees. Otherwise, the appeals court rejected all points of Minyana's appeal and affirmed the original ruling of the trial court. The appeals court also ordered Minyana to quote-unquote pay all costs of this appeal and again the original case goes back to early 2019 and yeah it's honestly a mess i see all around regarding people because at this particular point of it i just try my best to stay out it one way or another like this has happened long time ago a lot of really bad stuff came from this case not only of course for vic mignana and everybody involved inside of you know the litigations and whatnot but just in general between fans going back and forth fighting and stuff like that so i try my best to just stay out of it at this complete point because yeah i'm looking at some of the backlash i'm looking at some of the commentary people saying yo vic is just desperate at this point my whole thing is i definitely definitely noticed from rip and i don't know about now and at what given point if he did switch you know lawyers and whatnot but i remember the initial lawyers that vic had hired i think i forget dude's name i want to say it was like ty beard forgive me in my opinion ty beard didn't do a great job and that was early on it just seemed like he made a crap ton of mistakes and it looks like the mistakes didn't stop it looks like vic mignana if he wanted to actually have some sort of realistic defense he needed some real lawyers and it doesn't look like he's had any at any given point or there's always the possibility that dog just a lot of the quote-unquote evidence against him is too out there that any court is just gonna say get out of my courtroom so there's a couple of different options there to be honest with you but either way yeah it looks like Vic ain't completely done yet despite the fact that in August they told him you're done uh, you got to pay all this crazy money back now he's trying to take it to the Supreme Court and if anything I'll be honest with you it'll be a miracle if they do anything other than dismiss it and remove it out of here like that 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 would just be my opinion like if they do anything other than tell Vic and his lawyers get out of our courtroom I will be shocked because it's been since 2019 L after L and it doesn't look like Vic is going to win this one in my opinion honestly even though I understand completely like he's financially destroyed and it's not my place per se if I was in those shoes though probably it'd be best to file for bankruptcy and move on with your life and forget about Funimation and any of these other things because realistically dog you three years removed going on four years removed since this quote-unquote incident and yeah i wouldn't want to keep on being bogged down by something like that so personally i understand financially it's crazy and vic is trying anything and everything to stop basically being uh bankrupted but that's probably the best case scenario to just you know lick your wounds accept your losses and keep it moving that's just what i would do let me know what you guys think about this whole situation are you still in the midst of this you know the whole kick vic vic is back all of that stuff or you just kind of like dog let's put this one to bed and let's move on either way it's been one event thing to say the least and I don't even want to say eventful it's just been a really really nasty train wreck with this whole situation so much so that yo Funimation don't even exist anymore really like realistically this lawsuit is probably one of the few things that is still holding them back from completely moving on because I'd imagine being gobbled up by Sony and Crunchyroll and all that stuff there's no more Funimation to begin with so what's the point you know what I'm saying like Funimation now resides within Crunchyroll resides within Sony Funimation is gone so yeah 
Okay, let's take a quick moment uh, to send some condolences, moment of silence for a prominent voice actor. He's done some pretty awesome roles and just in general. We lost another one in the form of a voice actor, Grant James. It was recently confirmed that he passed away. This gentleman voiced characters such as Owner Zeph in One Piece, Scar's Master in Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. He's been a part of a wide variety. Let's check out this article real quick that gives us a little more insight into the situation, but... Yeah. Voice actor Grant James passes away. Actress and voice actress Julie Erickson announced on Sunday on the Facebook page of her husband, actor and voice actor Grant James, that James passed away on November 23rd. He was 87. James was born in 1935. He earned an MFA in 1962 and married Erickson in 1986. They were married for 36 years. James and Erickson taught acting classes and according to Erickson, that earned them recognition of being the godfather and godmother of acting in Dallas. James was involved in film, TV, stage, and audiobooks in addition to anime. His most prolific voices were Zeph in One Piece, Scar's Master in FMA Brotherhood, Tokyo and Hall, Mujika and Mushi, Sirius and Nabari no Oi, Kido and Baki the Grappler, and Number Zero and 0091. He also voiced roles in Dragon Ball Z, The Gray Man, Fairy Tale, Darker Than Black, Detective Conan. Yeah, the list goes on and on. Uh, condolences to his family, to his wife. I know she must be completely devastated if they were together 36 years. Um, just sad situation all around. Rest in peace to Grant James and thank you for everything you contributed to the world of anime in the form of the gift that she was given of voice acting. Moving forward, Sakura fans, all of you out there. Yeah, apparently the voice actress recently has had some troubles and I don't know if the Boruto Naruto Next Generation's anime has had Sakura relevant lately. Like I haven't been watching it for a long time, but I know she still technically has the role of Sakura ongoing in Boruto whenever they write the character into an episode, you know, whenever they decide to do something different other than boring shit, but yeah. No, let me stop before Boruto fans come and destroy me, but either way, uh, Sakura's VA has recently come down. Apparently, she's been with poor health, and she's had to step away from voice acting for a bit. It says here, Naruto's Sakura voice actor, Chi Nakamura, takes leave due to poor health. Japanese talent agency Axel One announced today that voice actor Chi Nakamura will be suspending her activities as a voice actor for an indeterminate amount of time due to ulcerative colitis. Nakamura is best known for voicing Sakura in Naruto and Boruto Naruto Next Generation's anime. According to the post from Axel, Nakamura had been undergoing tests for her poor physical condition over the last month with the test returning a positive result for ulcerative colitis. The disease is an inflammatory bowel disease that causes inflammation and ulcers in the large intestine and colon. There is no cure, only remedies to reduce symptoms. Axel One says that the top priority is Nakamura's health and as such, there is currently no date for her to return to work. And I'm gonna just keep it all the way real. This woman has been voice acting for like a hundred million years. Take as much time as you need. So long as, of course, her bills are paid, which if your bills ain't paid, voicing Sakura Haruno since like 90 something, you know what I'm saying? Well, no, I think Naruto, what, did Naruto start in 99? I want to ah, say Naruto started in 99 and the anime 2001. Maybe I'm off on that. Either way, you've been voicing Naruto for a long time. Hopefully her bank is straight that she can just relax 
relax, sit back, and enjoy a little bit, take the time off, you know what I'm saying? Like, at the end of the day, not like they're giving Sakura many lines in Boruto anyway, considering... I don't know what the fuck they're doing with Boruto's anime anymore, but yeah, best wishes, like, even though we joke here around about Sakura all these years ago, it's nothing to do with the voice actress, we got nothing but love and all of that good stuff for her, so hope she feels better, not good at all, honestly, hearing that is kind of worrisome, to be honest with you, so yeah, best wishes, heart, all of that good stuff out to her, get better. Next up, Dragon Ball fans, we got a couple of pieces of Dragon Ball news regarding Dragon Ball Super and the Red Ribbon Army alongside some gaming stuff as well. Now, I'm gonna be honest with you, that whole Red Ribbon Army thing, because I saw like on Twitter people posting, like, yo, this big Red Ribbon Army return announcement or something. I'm like, for the love of God, for the love of God, Dragon Ball. I love Dragon Ball as much as the next man. I tolerate a lot of things that they constantly reuse, like bringing back Frieza 80 million different ways. Like, yo, how do you like your Frieza? You like him with gold? You like him with silver? You like him with black? Like, how do you like your Frieza? Like, I put up with a lot of reusing things, but dog, I don't care about the Red Ribbon Army. I'm gonna just keep it real. Like, the movie did a great job with it. Let's leave it at that. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have Red Ribbon time and time again. And honestly, it begs the question at this point, the way even with marketing that they constantly rely on reusing things from the past. Like, is Dragon Ball ever gonna get back to reinventing the wheel, so to speak? Is Dragon Ball ever gonna get back to being a leader and not necessarily being lost in the past of the greatness that it's done? Like, yeah, this right here, this news is not about, like, the series per se. It's more so about, like, the franchise and what's going on with it and whatnot. But either way, it just kind of reminded me, like, when they're saying the Red Ribbon Army is back, it's like, who cares? Like, I, I, I'll go rewatch the movie again, I'm sure, why not? But Stop telling me that. We don't care no more. We've had the movie is like, I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> stuff like this that reminds me like Dragon Ball reuses the living shit out of everything it's done in its glory. It's like it doesn't want to reach out to do anything new because it's like, why reach out when I have gold back here? But the thing about it is, is dog, that gold gets a little out there to get tired of looking at it. You know what I'm saying? I know maybe it sounds spoiled. Maybe I'm a spoiled Dragon Ball fan, but yeah, anyway, let's. Jump into this news after that random ass rant. The Red Ribbon Army returns in Dragon Ball Super Superhero Livestream. December 7th marks the day Dragon Ball Super Superhero comes out on home video in Japan. And to celebrate its release, the official Twitter account for the anime film revealed that the Red Ribbon Army will be coming back together for a special livestream. Japanese voice actors Hiroshi Kamiya, who did Gamma 1, Magenta, Carmen, and non-Red Ribbon member Toshio Furukawa Piccolo will be a part of the Red Ribbon Army reflection meeting stream on YouTube at 8 p.m. on December 7th. They'll be looking back at the film as well as peeking behind the scenes at how the voice recording worked. And Dragon Ball Super Superhero is currently the fifth highest selling anime film of all time in the U.S. So yay! And to be honest with you, fair play, okay, you're using this to promote the home video release of Dragon Ball Super Superhero, but why like that? Like, yo, anybody that's going out there, they're gonna buy it because yo, I had a great time at the theaters and I'm gonna buy it, not the Red Ribbon Army is back whoa like poor poor marketing i remember probably five years ago now four or five years ago maybe four years ago that toriyama had announced like yo i don't gotta do anything else dog they created this shit called the dragon room where it's just a bunch of creatives creating dragon ball ideas for new products and new stories and stuff like that i don't ever gotta work again i got a machine right here and it looks like that machine is putting out that <laughs> yeah i mean salute to dragon ball home video i might even pick it up just to add it to the collection i own everything else that's ever been released dragon ball related so i'll probably buy it but who's doing the marketing over there please hire me please so i could no, no, no. and while we're on the topic of dragon ball apparently 
apparently the Dragon Ball Games Battle Hour event is announcing its return. It says here, Dragon Ball Games Battle Hour event announces 2023 return. Ah! That says getting fired up for the next Dragon Ball Game Battle Hour event, which is officially set to return for more fun sometime next year. More details on the way, but we know that Dragon Ball Fighters, Dragon Ball Super Card Game, and Dragon Ball Legends will be among the featured titles. Damn, is Dokkan done? No Dokkan there. Interesting. Bandai Namco has more details coming soon with a special broadcast set for December 3rd at 3 p.m. Pacific time. And it shows right here. Yeah, Dragon Ball Battle Hours 2023 event confirmed. Event details to be revealed in a special broadcast. Uh, so yeah, big Dragon Ball gaming stuff. Put out a new game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You want a really big hour? Put out a game that people want to play. You know, stop DLCing the living hell out of six-year-old, seven-year-old games. Like, just a thought. Okay, people, next up, this is a massive story. I talked about it a bit over on my other channel for Neverworld. Go subscribe over there. We do all sorts of anime, manga-related content over there. Highly encourage you. Really cool stuff and whatnot. But either way, we talked a bit about Disney and the power moves that have been made with Disney. We all know what just went down with them getting the rights to Bleach the Styles in your Blood War. They put it on Hulu in the West and on Disney Plus everywhere outside of the West. Although a lot of people are telling me that it's not on Disney Plus in select location. That's kind of shitty, so to speak. So, yo, they got to fix that. But either way, I will say that Disney slowly getting their way into the anime world because that's what's clearly happening. They got summertime rendering. A lot of people are saying they still haven't even put out some of those episodes or I'm not sure what's going on there. But in terms of one of the biggest things that people will worried about censorship a lot of people were like oh my god how are you gonna have disney handling the bleach thousand year blood war blood war blood war disney does not equate into blood and war in terms of like putting that onto your screen on top of that we know that disney <laughs> hey they've been taking liberties with a lot of different shows and doing all sorts of crazy stuff so when it came to all oh, their invading anime it's over a lot of people were scared but Bleach's Thousand Blood War has been damn near perfect. <laughs> Bleach's Thousand Blood War has been immaculate, amazing. So much so that Disney gotta get props at the very least for the release of that. And pretty much that was one of the big explosions showcasing that Disney is interested in anime. Then a couple of days ago, they announced a big partnership. Then they announced more right here that, oh, no, 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 no. Get used to Disney being in the world of anime. And I know a lot of comic book fans. I know a lot of fans of just a lot of different things that Disney has infiltrated are screaming leave our anime and manga alone because they're coming like yo they just announced that they got the tokyo avengers season 2 anime exclusive to disney plus they just announced that they got a kodansha partnership brewing and now they announced a lot more let's read disney announces slate of original anime content including series by jujutsu kaisen director oh my god disney then took someone from mappa <laughs> Any money bet dude is getting paid out the wazoo. If Disney specifically got him, they were like, yo, dog, we know you're getting pennies over there in Japan. We're starting our bid into getting here. We got to show some good faith. He has a lot of money work for us. And he was like, yo, Mappa, peace. Uh, lock it up. I'm out. Following the announcement of their expanding partnership with publisher Kodansha, Disney Plus conjured up even more additions to their upcoming slate of anime releases, including three original projects, a reboot, and an adaptation. First to fly out is Phoenix Eden 17. Oh my god, when I saw this and I saw the trailer, I couldn't believe it. A brand new adaptation of Osamu Tezuka's classic manga, 
Phoenix that takes place in an era of space colonization. Studio 4C, who's done Children of the Sea, are producing the anime for a 2023 worldwide release. And they got a key visual there that doesn't look that good at all. But then there's also a trailer that I saw. And the trailer, that was exciting. I'm not even going to lie. And just in general, I am very excited about that. I've heard nothing but classic stuff about Phoenix in particular. I want to say I got the manga somewhere around here. It's like a really big manga. But uh, yeah, so that's the first one up. Then continuing the science fiction thread, the previously announced Sinduality anime project starring Aoi Koga, Nagisa Aoyama, and Mao is now set to launch on Disney Plus worldwide in 2023. A second teaser trailer was revealed along with the main staff working at Studio 8-Bit, the people that do Blue Lock. The newly announced main staff is as follows following the original story draft by Hajime Kamoshida, Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai, and character designs by Neko. But Disney got more. Disney made sure to bring some variety into their upcoming slate, announcing romantic comedy series Murai no Koi, Murai in Love, for worldwide streaming with an anime adaptation visual. Additional details such as cast, staff, format, and release date are yet to be confirmed. That's... A little worrisome, even though I'm not a fan of that work, but yeah. As previously reported for the live-action drama adaptation, the story tells a romantic comedy between Tanaka, a high school teacher who loves Otome games, and Murai, a high school boy who is in love with Tanaka. Tanaka, who has never been involved in a real-life romance, is confessed to by Murai, but rejects his confession. On the next day, Murai transforms himself into the exact likeness of Tanaka's favorite character from her favorite Otome game. That sounds interesting, I'm not gonna lie. Following the establishment of his own studio earlier this year, it was announced that Songhu Park Jujutsu Kaisen and God of High School director is penning an original series at E&H production with the placeholder title Project Bullet Bullet for streaming on Disney Plus. Additional details such as staff, cast, format, and release date are yet to be revealed. The story which is also yet to be revealed has reportedly been in the works by Parks for 10 years years jesus christ and finally dragons of wonderhawk an all-new live action animated fantasy blockbuster helmed by live action tokyo ghoul director kentaro hagiwara one piece stampedes takashi utsuka an animation director and the promised neverland mangaka posuka demizu as original character designer and illustrator of the concept art below production ig in charge of animation production and why does it kind of look a little bit like emma with green hair flying a dragon okay <laughs> a sizzle trailer showing off clips in the production itself was also unveiled including a short statement from cast members Sena Nakajima Daiken Okudaida and Makenyu the story will follow Nagi a high school girl who lives in the real world and Time a boy who lives in a world of dragon riders that form close bonds with the mythical creatures so yeah overall disney's been busy they got the director from jujutsu kaisen nab that dude over sungwoo park let's go baby we out of mappa they got bleach styles in your blood war they got summertime rendering they got tokyo revengers season two and they got all of that a phoenix remake all of that like yo they got promised neverland's art disney knew what they were doing when they came running in here and yeah i'll keep you guys updated but disney is officially running in the anime race now okay next up we got the top selling manga of the year for 2022 again i spoke about this over on my main channel a little more in depth or whatnot because it was a pretty big event to say the least but to give you guys a brief rundown of the list at number 10 kaiju number eight with 3.1 million at number nine do not say mystery with 3.14 million like yo they literally beat them by like a thousand copies that's crazy at number eight chainsaw man with 3.438 
At number 7, Blue Lock with 3.5. At 6, Kingdom with 3.8. At 5, My Hero Academia with with 5,353,000. One Piece at number 4 with 10.3 million. Big shocker. Uh, Spy Family at number 3 with 10.6 million. Tokyo Revengers at number 2 with 11 million. And Jujutsu Kaisen at number 1 with 12.2 million. That's the top 10 selling manga of 2022 again a little bit different the top three places are all literally less than half of what they sold i think Jujutsu kaisen in 2021 did 30 million this year did 12 million tokyo revengers did like 25 million last year this year did 11 million and demon Slayer's not even here that did about like 30 million as well or close to something like that so yeah a little bit different of a list but still very respectable and then some of the manga volumes that sold the most just briefly will Look at like the top 10 because there's a lot on this list. You have Spy Family, Volume 8, 10. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, Volume 20 with 1.5 million. One Piece. You see One Piece in there, boy? One Piece in there. Don't sleep on it. Uh, Spy Family at number 6 with Volume 9. It's crazy, dog. Three One Piece volumes back to back hold the second, third, and fourth top selling spots with Jujutsu Kaisen selling the most. Wow, that that's freaking crazy. Jujutsu Kaisen Volume 18 is the highest selling manga of 2022 with 2.1 million. Holy shit. Wow. But big congrats to all the series that blew up all the series that have been doing very well again yo some of these series they don't got anime adaptations and they're on here kaiju do not say mystery blue lock just got its anime recently like absolute nuts and yeah just wanted to give you guys a little deeper coverage of what sold in 2022 the most because we talk about them every week over here which we'll do later in the episode the latest week sales bleach fans just some quick news now maybe by the time you're seeing this it will probably have already been announced because it says here that bleach is to be teasing some sort of announcement on December 2nd at 10 JST. So probably by the time you're watching this, the announcement already came out. I'll see if I can try and slide in an extra bit to tell you guys what the big announcement is. But we're definitely going to be having some big Bleach news. And considering we got the Thousand of Blood War going right now with the anime, we got Kubo working very heavy. I'm excited to see what it is. I'm not expecting the most grandiose thing because I think if there's anything big that's going to be announced at this point, considering we are in December, it'll probably be at Jump Festa. Like if we're getting a Bleach movie a bleach spinoff manga whatever the hell else that's going to come the next season teaser trailer whatever that's all gonna come at jump festa so it could be something big could be some small could be just like yo a new art book it could be that hey here's a new poster but yeah again bleach appears to be having some sort of announcement december 2nd it should be out by the time you're seeing this black clover fans quick update in case you don't know we got a movie coming in 2023 in march called sword of the wizard king going straight to netflix and now we got a little bit more insight incoming regarding that film because all we've known so far which is kind of crazy the movie is coming out in a couple of months and they really haven't given us too much we know that there's this king conrad the former wizard king or one of the former wizard kings we got that little teaser trailer another little tiny trailer and it's about it we don't really know all that much but we do know that apparently there's going to be a new character it says here black clover sword of the wizard king movie has casted mari litoyo 
as and Millie Maxwell, a new original character. And of course, the film scheduled to premiere on March 31st, 2023, which will have effectively been, I believe, two years after the end of the anime. Exactly. That's kind of nuts. But yeah, so there's going to be a new character. I'm guessing it's just going to be maybe like a possible love interest or just in general, somebody to move the plot. It won't be anything I'm doubting very much. So, although when I first saw Madi, I was like, wait a minute, are they talking about Gosha's little sister? Like, what are we doing here? And also, it would have been nice to have a little character design with it. Maybe it was in the magazine and I just haven't been able to see it yet. But either way, new characters coming for Black Clover. I'm glad that they're giving us updates on it because it's been a little bit scarce, no? Like, yo, we got a movie coming to Netflix. Big deal. Why very little info when we're a couple months out? So, probably within the next few months, we'll get a lot more. But new character Millie Maxwell next up Chainsaw Man fans I feel like this insight right here is going to give us some type of possible context into when we're going to get the next season of Chainsaw Man because in case you don't know Chainsaw Man's anime is more than likely going to go down in two cores pretty much we're going to have about 12 episodes with this run it'll take a break and anywhere from three months to six months to possibly a year we'll get the next 12 well I feel like what this announcement is giving us an idea on when we're going to get Chainsaw Man season two let's read because apparently it says here Chainsaw Man TV anime will be holding a special event with different performances starring voice actors and ending artists on May 20th, 2023. Now, in case you don't know, Chainsaw Man by January will be done with this core. We will have run through the 12 episodes and the winter season of anime will start. So I'm going to guess something here as follows. The reason why they will be randomly doing this on May 20th is either A, the anime will return for the spring season. So think like April, it'll be back and then May, it'll be in the midst of things. Or it'll be May 20th, a concert to kick off the summertime of anime because I believe it's like early July, like the first week of July is when the summer season of anime starts. And Chainsaw Man is going to start with this big event May 20th leading into Chainsaw Man's return for the summer season. So I'm going to bet that we will see Chainsaw Man's anime return either April or July of 2023. That's my bet right there. I could be totally off on that. They could go fall. They could go a whole other year. I'm going to bet April or July. Let's go with July just to be safe. Boom. Chainsaw Man will be back with this event kicking things off. And what I got you here regarding Chainsaw Man says here that even the novels are selling, bro. Even the novels. Chainsaw Man Buddy Stories novel has reached 100,000 copies in circulation and of course the novel has also been reprinted recently i mean chainsaw man sells a <laughs> lot of lot of copies fam the manga right now on fire and even novels is flying off of shelves yeah next up people okay it sounds like a, a goat is returning but i'm not sure how i feel about this goat returning in this fashion in case you don't know there was a little series lasted damn how many chapters last like 20 chapters or something like last a little bit called hunter's guild red hood a lot of people including myself thought this was going to be the next big thing we thought that this was going to be boom demon slayer the new generation or something like it just really had that vibe it had that setup it had the scenario the story the characters everything was there and somehow some way a lot of people including myself <laughs> attributed to a certain editor that was working for jump at that particular point and they got canceled they got canceled and the author yuki kawaguchi eventually went off to be like an assistant for another manga club i believe for yusei matsui and i was like oh shit all hope is lost like yo he's going to be a freaking assistant right now ain't no time to worry about like if he's coming back with something but 
Seems as though Yuki Kawaguchi is on the return. It says here, Red Hood creator Yuki Kawaguchi will publish a new comedy one-shot titled Kiniku Jore about a strong ghost woman with muscles in Jump Giga issue winter 2023 out December 6, 2022. So he's going to have a new comedy one-shot. Part of me is like, uh, I don't know how your comedy is. I know how your shonen battle stuff is and your story elements and stuff like that. Like, that is great. I don't know about comedy. I feel like this might be a miss. I feel like they're taking an author that has a lot of potential for some great story and saying, go do some funny shit or something because your battle shit ain't working or could be that there's too many battle series it could be that yo dog right now there's only so many people that will read battle manga and jump you got Jujutsu Kaisen you got One Piece you got My Hero Academia you got Black Clover you got a lot of competition right now battle series probably ain't the best move let's see if we can slip through with comedy but problem is with me is like yo dog I gotta hit comedy series that means I'm gonna be for the next like five years or so at the very least depending on if we survive writing a comedy series when probably Yuki Kawaguchi prefers to write something like the Hunter's Guild Red Hood so top of that I would prefer to read something like the Hunter's Guild Red Hood over Yuki Kawaguchi's comedy but we'll we'll, we'll see I'll, I'll give it a benefit of the doubt I'm not the most enthusiastic about him returning with comedy but i'm glad for him to be back we'll see next up Toonami Faithful. If you're a fan of My Hero Academia, you're going to be real excited. In fact, if you're a fan of Toonami, the fact that I'm bringing Toonami up, hey, it's a big deal because Toonami has slowed down a lot. Between the fact that Jason DeMarco, one of the people that was really the heart of Toonami, has kind of stepped away. He's got a whole bunch of other stuff he's working on right now. Toonami has kind of just been a little bit, little bit dicey, to be honest with you. I haven't been hearing big announcements. I also know that since Sony has gobbled up Funimation and Crunch and their big acquisitions a lot of licenses that were that used to be afforded to Toonami and Adult Swim are no longer available or the price is ridiculously high to the point where they're like it ain't worth it though <laughs> we, we ain't gonna make none from this like we can't we, we don't got a budget to license this shit so unfortunately Toonami hasn't been doing the best however they finally got a big announcement recently pretty good stuff they got My Hero Academia's new season Toonami airs My Hero Academia season 6 anime on December 3rd the official Facebook page for Adult Swim's Toonami programming block revealed on Monday My Hero Academia will be airing December 3rd at 12am EST effectively December 4th and the full lineup for December 5th includes my Hero Academia Season 6 at 12am, Made in Abyss Season 2 at 12.30am, 1am, Yashihime Princess Half Demon, the second act, basically Season 2 of the Inuyasha spinoff, 1.30am, One Piece, oh, I forgot they brought One Piece back, wow, probably one of the few licenses they could get their hands on, uh, 2am, Naruto Shippuden, and 2.30am, Primal. Now, 2.30am, that's the last block, you can put anything there. Having Naruto Shippuden doesn't hurt. One Piece, I'm glad to see it back, it wasn't a big ratings bonanza anytime it's ever been on adults from tsunami so there's that yashihime i feel like it is bringing in some of the inuyasha fans in so cool beans made in abyss it sounds cool i've never watched it and my hero season six it's a good look. It's a good look to have something big on there because, again, Toonami and Adult Swim, but in particular Toonami especially, has been not as popular lately because at the end of the day, cable TV in general has been on a downward spiral. Everybody's going, of course, you know, your Netflixes, Crunchyrolls, HBO Max, cable TV ain't winning. Moving forward, 
Dr. Stone fans, it feels like it's been a hundred million years since Dr. Stone season two ended. We had over the summer break a Dr. Stone OVA TV special. And yo, what, what's going on with Dr. Stone, dog? Where's season three at? What's happening here? We got a little update from Shonen Jump. It says here, Dr. Stone TV anime season three teases some must-see information to be published next week in Weekly Shonen Jump issue number two. Probably they're going to give us some character designs maybe some voice actor updates for the new characters that are incoming i'm just trying to think what would be must-see information about season three i mean it's going to be in the magazine so it's not like they're going to have a trailer in the magazine i'm guessing again character designs maybe a new key visual for the season as it comes stuff like that so nothing major but hey they haven't forgot about dr stone even though it became way less of a priority than it used to be like remember dr stone they were like yo this is gonna be big now the manga's over and it's like yo anime is gonna eventually come dog just wait quick update for Jujutsu Kaisen as scheduled every freaking week there's another manga going on break and this time it's Gege Akutami very sad stuff because Jujutsu Kaisen been kicking butt but it says here Jujutsu Kaisen will be on break next week in weekly Shonen Jump issue number two and the series will resume in issue number three so little week break come back get some good going and yeah get some Kenjaku and maybe some Gojo who knows right hey just always like to give you guys an update so you know what's going on why manga absent from jump yeah quick update for me and roboco anime for all two of you out there that are interested apparently me and roboco's tv anime is teasing a special collaboration to be revealed next week and weekly shonen jump issue number two and we also have some images that were leaked from the Roboco anime itself. And I'm not going to lie, the art and animation looks real nice. It almost looks like this is a Studio Ghibli. Like, even Toei could have done this because, what is it, five-minute shorts? I don't know, it looks awesome. I'm just so sad that this is going to be a shorts anime. I really enjoy me and Roboco. How are you going to do shorts? It's just going to be like gags. Like, I don't know. It doesn't even feel like it's really getting an anime. How do you accumulate a fan base off of five-minute shorts? Maybe they're thinking like, hey, this could be, you know, the TikTok era or some I, I don't know they they mm, I like the mangaka I'll tell you that I, I really appreciate the mangaka trying so hard between doing the parody covers of other series and jump I'm sure that's uncomfortable with you know certain writers and authors being like yo dog what are you, what are you, what are you doing so I, I give props to Roboco's author but this is just, I don't know, this point. It looks good, but it's five minutes. You know what I'm saying? Bittersweet. Saint Seiya fans, in case you haven't heard, there's a live action movie incoming. We spoke about it a couple of different times here on Forever News. Now we got a new visual. It says here, Saint Seiya Knights of the Zodiac live action movie teaser visual. And off the trailer, it looked okay. I want to give props to Japan. I want to give props to Japan for being most improved player in terms of cgi and stuff like that like i'm starting to notice if you compare like their attempts at cgi and live action movies in general you look at something from like 10 years ago and you look at now they they got rid of the cheesiness that they used to do and it's starting to look more and more like hollywood it's not that long and that far off until at the very least japan can make stuff that looks like somewhat hollywood related effects and stuff like that and we could get, you know what I'm saying, to the point where we don't need necessarily Hollywood to come in and, you know, okay, we got to get these new actors. They could just do it straight over there in Japan and put some subtitles and call it a day. But yeah, I don't know what to expect from this one. I don't know if it's going to look good or not. Um, expectations are very low just because it's live action. But yeah, here we go. And then there's like a statue of a head. I'm guessing that's like a ruler or something. I don't know. I'm going to check it out to say the least, but... Yeah, Knights of the Zodiac, Saint Seiya. Okay, people, let's slow it down with the Shonen Jump and Weekly Shonen Magazine author comments, courtesy of Jose underscore 
Okay, let's start off with Shonen Jump. We got Gege Akutami, author of Jujutsu Kaisen. I'm late in mentioning this, but I wrote a recommendation for the belly bands of Sakamoto Days and Koku Haku. Please look for them in bookstores. So it seems like, at the very least, Gege Akutami is genuine about recommending these manga. It could genuinely be like, hey, recommend some stuff. This is how we're going to do X, Y, and Z. But it looks like these are genuine in Gege Akutami. So shout outs to Gege for that. Then we got My Hero Academia's Kohei Horikoshi. I went to Shueisha for the first time in a while. I got to talk to a lot of people and had fun. Seems like they're bringing in some of the bigger manga kind recently, right? Like, I want to say it was about a month ago. We heard Tabata say the same thing. Like, I went to Shueisha for the first time in a while. Now they brought in Kohei Horikoshi. Wonder what's going on down there. We got Hunter Hunter and it's not Yoshihiro Tagashi. Staff member Tanehana here. Tagashi's laying in bed right now. He's having a or no. <laughs> Are you ever looking for something and then you forget what it is? Yeah, apparently uh Tagashi was looking for his pen and forgot where that was. <laughs> Yuki Tabata with the Black Clover. I'm so sorry for missing two weeks. I'm feeling better now, so I'll do my best. You do your best. You do what you gotta do. Nobody's mad at you. Don't worry about it. We got Martial Magic and Muscles, Hajime Komodo. Evolutionary biology is so cool. I want to stay romantic even with this knowledge. We got, I added this one in there because this is like the last comment in Shonen Jump and it was just kind of what? Uh, Tadaichi Nakama, the author of Tokyo Demon Bride Story. My current life is very similar to the main character in Old Boy and I'm really curious how because Old Boy is nasty as hell. Like, dog, if your main life right now or if your life is similar to the main character in Old Boy, seek help. And while you seek that help, we're going to mosey on over to Weekly Shonen Magazine, dog. <laughs> we got Yusuke Nomura, author of Blue Lock. Good luck, Japan team. Bring us some hype. Okie dokie. I believe he's referring to the World Cup. Then we got Negi Haraba, author of Go Go Loser Ranger. There was one scene in this week's chapter where I tried to avoid it looking like something out of Kamen Rider, Black Sun, but ultimately, I couldn't. Cool beans. George Morikawa, author of Hajime no Ippo. In any case, I'd be remiss not to congratulate Wakui for his hard work. Hey, a comment I understand. Yes, congratulate Wakui. He did a great job with Tokyo Revengers. He lasted all the way through and helped put Weekly Shonen Magazine further on the map with things like Attack on Titan ending. Like, I wonder if Attack on Titan doesn't end, does Tokyo Revengers blow up to where it is right now? And the reason I say that is because they're both Kodansha titles, a lot of marketing dollars, all of that stuff had to go from, okay, we don't have this Attack on Titan anymore. We had all these budgets. How about we put it behind that one? And then boom. Then we also got Muneyuki Kaneshiro from Blue Lock. Is that the editor or the artist? I, I forget. The curtain rises on the World Cup. Good luck, Japan. We got Kei Urana, author of Gachi Akuta. It makes me most happy when I finish the manuscripts and the editors praise me for the best looking parts. Uh, yeah, that, uh, that's good. Okay. <laughs> Nakabasuzuki, author of Four Nights of the Apocalypse, Seven Deadly Sins. I want to buy a suitcase, but if it's too big, it'll get in my way. And if it's too small, I won't be able to put anything into it, like booze. <laughs> oh, shit. Shout outs to uh, Nakabasuzuki. Two for two. Two weeks in a row. No mentions of alcohol. Can we do a three-peat? We'll see. Hiromashima, author of Eden Zero, Fairy Tale, Fairy Tale 100 Years Quest, Raid Master, so on and so forth, Legend. I'm busy with so many things that I feel like I'm falling apart sometimes, but it's being this busy that's my raisin detray. I don't know what that means, but yeah, um, I understand a billion percent. It's actually scary that trying to do a lot of things at once, it does weigh down on you. Get some rest, Mashima, before you feel that burnout and then you can't do anything. Just giving you some advice, my lord. But yes, people, those were the Weekly Shonen Magazine author comments and weekly shonen jump always a treat okay people and let's close this off with the top 50 best-selling manga of the week 
courtesy of Joe's underscore K. And so now that we're in a new fiscal year, this is all brand new. No more stuff to worry about like, oh, the year is ending. We got the top selling manga of 2022 locked down. So everything from here moving forward is onward to the next year, I believe. Don't quote me on that because I could be totally off and this week is still counting. But yeah, 50 through 41. Let's go. Blue Lock volume 21, 14K this week. Almost 200K total in, what is it, about a month and some change, month and a half. Cool beans. Then we got our number 43, Black Clover's latest volume 33 in 17 days, 119.999, almost 120. Uh, yeah, it's Black Clover. It's not doing the greatest. 40 through 31. I mean, it's doing all right. Let me be clear before people, but... It, I wish it was doing more. 38, I don't know, Exorcist, volume 28, 18,143 total. Uh, Chainsaw Man, a little scarce lately, huh? Chainsaw Man, volume 10 at number 33 with 26,000. And at number 32 with volume 11 with another 26,000. So 26,000 people were like, yo, let's get volume 10 and 11. Fuck it, why not? Then places 30 through 21. Ooh, there's a Nietzsche Joe series. I didn't know that. Nietzsche Joe Lock, volume 4 with 27K in three days. A lot of people like Nietzsche Joe. Then we got Chainsaw Man from places 20 to 26 with volumes 9, 8, 7, 6. So all of those with about 27 to 28,000 copies. A lot of people buying the same shit. We even got another Chainsaw Man at 24 and 21 with 30 and 31,000. A million over for both of them. Chainsaw Man. <laughs> then we got places 20 through 11. We got Spy Family at number 20 with volume 10, 32,000. At number 19, Chainsaw Man volume 2, 32,000, 1.1 mil. 18, Chainsaw Man volume 3, 32,000, 1.1. At number 17, Slam Dunk Jump, 92,000 in its second week. Wow, in 13 days, 170. 73,000. That is phenomenal for an old ass manga. Uh, Chainsaw Man Volume 1, 33,000 this week, 1.2 million. So the number one selling Chainsaw Man Volume right now is Volume 1 with 1.2 million sales. And then the rest of them all got like anywhere from 800 to a million. Amazing. Number 14, One Punch Man Volume 27 with 34,000 in 17 days, 267,000 total. Chainsaw Man Volume 12, 36,000 total, 543,000. I wonder if it ended up, no, it's still, I don't think, past the My Hero volume. Maybe a couple more weeks it will have passed the latest My Hero. I think My Hero actually has been bumped off of this list, if I'm not mistaken. Then we got a number 12, the latest volume of Four Nights of the Apocalypse, Volume 9, 38,000 in four days. Uh, that's that's good stuff. Nakamasu selling pretty freaking decent for again a spin-off series then we got top 10 top 10 top 10 top 10 uh at number 10 hajime no ipo volume 136 with 41,000 copies in four days yo dog isn't that that famous boxer like that dude's goal ipo's goal holy shit uh then we got number nine hunter hunter volume 37 46,000 this week 721,000 total yo that cult following dog kaiju number eight volume eight uh, 17 days, 47,000 this week, 385,000 total. Insane. Then we got top three, One Piece, volume 104, latest volume, 17 days, 98,000 this week, 1.6 mil. Yeah, this is one of the biggest weeks for a One Piece volume in years. Well, maybe not, probably in years. Then occupying number one and two, same IP, one is a spinoff, one is a regular series, Tokyo Revengers, letter from Baji Kisuke at Number two, with four days, 115,000 copies. And then number one, the latest Tokyo Avengers volume, volume 30, 407,000 in four days, with the series being over. Yo, Kodansha. 
Yeah, you gotta start looking for a new hit. Attack on Titans out of the window. Just end the Tokyo Avengers. Go put the marketing dollars somewhere else. Because, yeah, Tokyo Avengers is done and it still sells incredible so yeah but that's it we have for the top 50 best-selling manga of the week uh pretty interesting stuff nonetheless but that's all i have for this one i'm forever world and as always people have an awesome day and remember the golden rule anime and manga for life boy have an awesome day peace and you guys just watched another episode of forever news have an awesome day subscribe and hit that bell to get more yeah have a dream alone in my room as I sit with the tea. Couldn't possibly think what I often see. And you don't even know how I often blink. Lights be flashing and looking at me. Such an odd, unique. Yet I'm so unique. And you're looking at me. If the walls could talk, they would probably be weak. And I'd probably say, bitch, get the fuck off me.